and now, the end is near. And so we face the final curtain. My friends, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. Regrets, I've had a few. But then again, so many to mention. I did what I had to do, and saw it through with no redemption. Yes there were times I'm sure you knew, when we bit off more than we could chew. But through it all, there was so much doubt. We ate it up and spit it out. We faced it all and stood tall. But fuck, this episode, man yeesh. Alright. Hello, and welcome to The Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, the, uh, the heppest and dead, oh man, I, I don't know, I can't say anything about this. Uh, anyways, <laughs> my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, hip cats, don't be square. <laughs> don't be a Clyde or a Harvey. Uh, and, <laughs> and also we have over there in the uh, Hugh Crawford. Hey, hello. And uh, yeah, we're talking about an episode called, what, His Way? Yes, this is episode 20 of season six. It originally aired April 22nd, 1998. And uh, here is the IMDb description. Odo is schooled in the ways of romance by a holographic programmed lounge singer. <laughs> That's it. That is that is what's going on in this episode. That's uh, succinct and to the point and, uh, and accurate, I guess. Wait, are you here for this episode? It's been killing me. Knowing, knowing... <laughs> this, is, this is the question that's been pondering. Like, I've been riding hard for this season. And I have to tell you, this episode works for me. No. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Okay. I hated this episode. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God for small miracles. Yeah, this has got to be... This has got to be the worst episode of Deep Space Nine, right? It's... Oh! I don't know about... I mean, it, it is... I do not uh, like it. <laughs> but... Yeah, I um, mean... This is like a confluence of every bad decision that they've made over the <laughs> last four seasons. Okay, we'll, we'll, um, we're going to unpack all that, but I would like to get yeah. right off the bat the one thing that I actually think that they do right in this episode. And I, I like how the holographic character is self-aware, and it's no big deal, and they get that off like off the plate right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like it's... It's it's not Moriarty. It's not Moriarty, and they go out of the way to like be nonchalant about about where they're at with that. Because at this point, we have the emergency medical hologram on Voyager that's been around for a few seasons, so it, it would be silly for the franchise to have that story over again. There's been progress within the world. Holographic characters in Star Trek are used differently than they were, you know, in Moriarty's day or whatever. And so to act otherwise would be a mistake. So I do appreciate the fact that that this this yeah, hologram is, is pretty chill about it. See, yeah, I mean, I I agree with that you. is the only thing I like about this episode. Though I I will say in the past and when because you know I've watched the show before in the past that bugged me actually like that they oh he's a special man of holograms but he's not he's just a hologram and it's it's no big deal and i was like no there should be more in a vic if he's so cool and knows everything and he's so wise it used to bug me now it's like this is the least of the problem there's like a nerd corner in me that in the past in my younger self was like i don't get why suddenly he's the he's like the end-all be-all of holograms but there's nothing special about him except he's self-aware but yeah, I agree with you now. Everything you just said, I agree with. But in the past, it did bug me for some reason that Vic is just like, yeah, whatever. And well, he can actually. What, what's what's sort of casually fucked up about about Vic is that he has the ability to program other holograms. Yeah, <laughs> that was a nerd corner. Yeah, like wait a minute, just how much autonomy does Vic Fontaine have? Like, but that was all. Wasn't that all Moriarty shit? I don't remember those episodes very well. I but. recently watched, like, I watched the first Moriarty, like, two weeks ago, and I didn't, I didn't watch the follow up. I didn't watch the sequel yet, but it was kind of, but no, not to the extent that that Vic could casually do it. Right, because when Moriarty did it, because they 
they made the machine too smart, and once it got too smart, it it had its own singularity and realized on its own. And then it because they programmed Moriarty, the genius, he could do it and everything. With Vic, is just Vic's just a flower singer. <laughs> That knows he's a hologram, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what? It's fine. Like you, you, everything you just said, like oh yeah, they've got the EMH, and yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't be just like a, a guy, because at this point the intelligence is enough that it's attained consciousness. I guess that's why it used to bug me because even TNG, they got such a bug up their ass about Data's consciousness and self determinism. And then it's part of, I guess it's the issue with Voyager and the EMH that they just like, mm, it's fine, whatever. Yeah, they kind of, there is this whole movement where any, you know, any artificial life, they're kind of like, mm, whatever, let's move on. Let's not rehash the old data stories. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, some of that is kind of, I guess, refreshing because you, yeah, that, you don't want, you don't want like this season's, uh, is he a man or is he Memorex? Right. Like, right. like uh, <laughs> right. sort of story, you know, you're, you're glad you got a handful of those. You had all the Dr. Pulaski shit and the, I am a human. I feel like I've, I've loved a woman. All of those episodes are kind of over. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we're kind of cool with this now. Right. And they, and the doctor has his own kind of adventure of discovery for himself. Yeah. But like, thank God they didn't do that with Vic, you know? <laughs> Yeah. He does have a mirror universe equivalent, though. Vic does. Yeah, but yes, oh, yes. I still, uh, I just, yeah. I don't remember that. I just saw oh, it. I, yeah. Um, Hughes uh, saying one nice thing about it put me on the spot. No, you don't have to. I might have. <laughs> <Just that. laughs> no, no, I know I, I don't. But I, you know, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that it was nice to see uh, that Nana Visitor is a Broadway trained actress. It's nice to see her realize that on her, her show. She's been working her ass off for years. And I will say that we can talk about this show as uh, as a work of an auteur, because this wasn't a lot of studio notes. This was as Iris Stephen Bear wanted it. That does not surprise me. He is happy with this episode, and he is aware that no one else is. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. This, <laughs> so. is this, this is a Star Trek episode that is completely disinterested in being a Star Trek episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's a bad teenage fucking, like, She's all that, you know, Pygmalion. Yeah. <laughs> let me, uh, you know, kind of let me teach Woof. you how to pick up Ugh. chicks. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it could, like, when I was watching this, it's like, oh, yeah, this feels like a script he wrote for not taxi, but like head of the class or some shit. <laughs> also, I mean, I guess that we can all remember, all of us were uh, adults in or 1998. We can all remember what was going on. The swing culture revival, that sort of lounge lizards, 40s, 50s, like worship shit. Yeah, but this is 60s, Frank, like fake rap bad stuff. This isn't even that. Yeah, but that's that's all from the 50s, you know, so I... I Yeah, to an extent. You know, you think about Sinatra. I mean, Sinatra got to start in the 30s, but Sinatra really hit big in the late 40s and stuff like that. So that rat pet culture goes into that sort of the boomer when when all the boomers were born, basically that the what the lives that their parents were leading when boomers were being kids, I, I think mm-hmm. is this idea, sort of idealization. Idealization. So this would culture. be like us getting obsessed with Chicago, the band. Yes. Yes. Uh, which, yes. which is not which is not happening. Not for me. Or but the eighties, the eighties are sort of happening. Oh, I yeah. think that yeah, you can. But in what way? Like maybe aesthetically, because it's like there's a kitsch aspect to it. But nobody is. I mean, I could see like I mean, not a black mirror because it's too dark. But like you know, you you could see some sci-fi show doing like a there's a Michael Jackson esque artificial character. Right. Well, I mean. You know, you you take out the uh, 60s. I'm sorry. Are you making a case for this episode, James? I'm confused all of a sudden. <laughs> Fuck no. This is lame. Okay. I'm just saying that I don't think that... I'm. Just, my whole point of that was that I You don't I think can... we're immune to this kind of yes. nonsense? Yes. Is what but you're yes. saying? You know what? If yes. you stripped away all the 60s veneer and all this stuff... This episode could have been, a, speaking of 80s, this could have been a fucking Screech gets lessons from A.C. Slater how to pick up Lisa Turtle or some shit. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's or fucking, it's the mystery and the yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the game, you know, it's 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 poo shit, sort of. Sort of. You mean me sort of, it's like straight up is what it is. Yeah, and it, it is. That, even the-, it, the thing about this one is, is we also get musical numbers 
I don't want music like full on. These aren't just like a, they're like, like seven of them, or there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's like there's a bunch like, of them. I'll tell you what, it it made taking notes for this episode a lot easier for me because I was like, oh, musical number, sit down and write out much I don't like. This. <laughs> Go get a beer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And spoilers for the documentary. When you say that Iris Stephen Bear loved this, mm-hmm. I am not surprised because. Just, I'm not surprised. And that's what I meant with like the auteur theory is that I feel comfortable. All of the things I hate about this episode, I feel comfortable heaping on Iris Stephen Bear. <laughs> Probably. Without any sort of like, because this is something he fought for for years. They went through multiple attempts to cast Steve Lawrence, to cast Frank Sinatra Jr. Right. Um, all oh of my God! Are, who yes. was shooting them down on these? Like Berman, Steve Lawrence? Uh, no, like Steve Lawrence and <laughs> Frank Sinatra <laughs> Jr. Frank Sinatra Jr. Who wanted desperately wanted to be on the show, but he's like, I don't want to be my dad. Sure, sure. Because yeah. it does feel like Berman was probably fine with this episode too. Because like, oh, holodeck shenanigans. Sure, you got this. Guy's my blessing. Sounds cheap. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they uh, like you know they cast this sort of. Like the Bill Pullman to Frankie Avalon's Tom Hanks. <laughs> and like, uh, what's his name? James Darren. Oh, yeah, James yeah. Darren. And I mean, he was a C-level sort of movie star in the 60s. And he he loves this shit, man. He's eating it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he made it to the documentary. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's what's the- this guy got? I mean, he's like, you know, it, they had, it's what if Stan Lee was less successful? It's the same <laughs> sort of personality. I'm in show business. I want to be, you know, not everybody's calling me, but, you know, an old show I did 20 years ago wants to do a documentary. Fuck yeah, I'm there for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. What else am I going to I'm going to I'm going to obsess over the girl I left behind in Arkansas before I came <laughs> to Hollywood or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd watch a documentary about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's game for it. He loves the I mean, this is probably I mean, he's been in some big name movies. Right. But this was he, I mean, he did three Gidget movies when he was in the <laughs> Yeah, early he 20s. did Gidget. That was what I was trying to think of. Gidget. Of course, yeah. That 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 does not surprise me. No. I yeah, and it feels like, you know, even the actors seem to not hate what they're you know, because they get to show off their singing chops. I guess I don't know how uh none of visitor hated this. Episode. What? Oh really? Good on good on her. Yeah. Uh, she did? Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Her and Renee Aubergine hate this whole thing. It sours them on their time on this show. Not a visitor is, I mean, like, I can, let me, I can find a quote, but it's on, like, choosing your battles. Oh, please, I want to hear this. I'm not much of a fan of Odo and Kira being together, but they found a way to make it all make sense. I've always felt I have to open my mouth and pick my fights. And even though I know there's a certain amount of fights I'm going to lose, I do it all the time. Let's just say this was one I lost. Yeah. She's an actor. She can't fight all those battles. I get it. Yeah. You know, and and to their credit, they... Renee Abergenois tells a story about reading the script for the first time and being very, very upset and then <laughs> shutting up and reading it again and then doing his job. You know why? It's because whenever you find out you're an actor in Star Trek, there's this legacy and there's this like pedigree with your fellow actors like Christopher Plummer and Leonard Nimoy and, and you know, mm-hmm. Old Picard. You know, you think of these highfalutin guys doing this highbrow stuff. And then you're stuck with the one Star Trek that does singing episodes. It's a little, it's right. a little insulting, isn't it? Well, it's not like TNG didn't do anything stupid, you know. I mean, that's the thing I keep trying to remember as we get into these later season stuff where we're like, oh, this is so off. Like, you know, Beverly fucked a ghost. <laughs> you know, that was pretty bad. Sure, and, yeah. but they didn't yeah. make they didn't make Picard fuck the ghost. Is my point? It's like you're having these, you know. Sure. Well, Avery Brooks got out of it, too. You know, Rene Abergenois worked with Robert Altman. He was nominated <laughs> yes. for an Emmy. Oh, yes. Right? He's, for, in I mean, a, so he's, he's, he's in the yeah. really good one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mrs. McCabe and Mrs. M- Mrs. Miller. Oh, yeah. Well, he's yes. in... Yo, and MASH. I mean, I yes, mean he's yes, like... he's in MASH, he, too. He, yes. He's not... He's no slouch. You know, and I imagine that he's really disappointed that, you know, he's in the one Star Trek that does... Sure, there's a certain amount of goofiness. There's Abraham Lincoln in space. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but this is this is not Abraham Lincoln in space. See, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm wary to say this is the dumbest thing Star Trek. Like they've all been fucking stupid. So I don't think I, I don't think you could say DS9. I feel that it's tainted with 
a little bit of grossness. Yeah. I mean, I think that oh, I, sh- I, I, I was trying to make the case that we're not, we're susceptible. The current culture is susceptible to Vic Fontaine's, but I don't think this story would be told at this time on television. This, that, I guess it's my, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Is what it is. Is you have all the mystery shit and you it's have. It's obnoxious and it's about a gross thing. Right. <laughs> You have all the the dumb nostalgia mixed with the toxic masculinity bullshit. Yeah. It's a double whammy of awfulness. Well, look, look, I don't like this episode, but I don't, I mean, it's, there's a little bit of pickup artist on here, but I don't think it's like the, I don't think it's overtly as super toxic. I mean, it's, it's not great, but it, I don't think it's the worst. I found it verged on it. There's times where it's like... When he just, like, offers the women. Vic tries to set him up to fuck. Yeah, he tries yeah. to... Oh, yeah, for yeah. For practice. You just need to bang out some hood rat scene. And yeah. then there's the scene, the next one, where it's like, well, why don't you fuck this, like, uh, you know, this model of her? Right, right. And then that's weird. And then, and yeah, no, you know, but then <laughs> at the last scene, it gives... I mean, it's not like, look, man, don't make me... Like stand for this episode, Wait, like you but don't I'm have not. to. But I'm no, I'm just. Well, wanna, I gotta point out, like, but at least at the end, it's Kira takes her own initiative to lock it down. And it's not like Odo just beats her until she submits. He he's like fuck it, you know. And no, the, he's not, he wasn't successful, but it wasn't because it was because he's a poor student, not because the the people writing the story didn't think it would. It's shit that would work. You know what I mean? Sure. And I guess you're supposed to say that it's. It's showing her that he's trying to make an attempt. Right. But why? I mean, this is the main question of this whole dumb, quixotic story element. Is what does Kira see in Odo? And I'm not saying that there's not an answer to it. Right. Uh, there probably is. We said that about uh, Dax and, or uh, yeah, Dax and Worf. But what is she, what's, what's compelling her to him? Well, I mean... I mean, look, and I, I just don't, don't know. Like I don't, like, they don't mind it. I don't like the relationship either. But they, they do make stabs at saying, "See, like Vic Fontaine when Kira is talking back to him, he's like, oh, you two are the most, you two are both of the most uh, grumpy <laughs> aliens I've ever met. Y'all are made for each other.' They, you know, they do like they both are prudes and they're both repressed. They have a lot of similarities. Again, I don't like the whole relationship either but there's they they go through the motions to say to try to explain why they might have a thing for each other and at the end of the episode like i said it's kira has her two moments of clarity where she realizes oh this is what i want and she goes for it so it's i mean yeah but i don't uh, yeah at no point do i i mean like has this ever been Kira's story? Um, like this whole fucking romance. Has it ever been Kira's story? I mean, sure. No, I mean, like, I feel like that it is like. I this... mean, it's it's not the best story, but it's been the story to where she's. I mean, they've built it up with. She was with. I mean, they've built it since that season two or three episode where. Uh, the changeling pretends to be Kira stuck in a rock, you know, and I mean, no, that's she, that's Odo's story. That was Odo's story, but they they built that he's pining for her and she has no that's idea. Not, I'm it. not asking that. that. Oh, they've done that. I just don't understand why she's attracted to him. Well, I, we don't. I mean, we don't really have any conversation that Kira has with anybody about what she likes about Odo. Well, that's pre pre this episode. Well, I mean, as talk as bad as it is, he's been friend zone the whole time, and these nerds are writing the show about. But being that's a, you're talking about him that, though. I'm not done yet. <laughs> but they're, 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 <laughs> she's and she's like, oh, he's my best friend or whatever, and they've portrayed it for the whole time that she doesn't see him that way. I agree, and then then she has this moment. I mean. Up and then in the uh, where back in Children of Time episode where Swarthy Odo confesses his feelings, she's taken aback. She's not sure to what to make of it, but you know, <laughs> Swarthy uh, Harry Chested Odo kind of puts some moves on her, and she's she's a little she's a little bit intrigued, but she's not she's not riding for it, and she's just like confused by it. So they've set that up then, and then the whole 
Shakar episode where Odo has the breakdown and but, but you see what I'm saying. You, 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 oh, everything you, you just said is Odo. Yeah, like, we 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 understand the, all the Odo side. Where the point, I don't have a clear picture of what Kira sees in Odo romantically, and that's frustrating to me. It it really is. Right. Well, the whole story of it is that he's my best friend and I didn't see him that way and then she, it, the whole story is that it's a sudden switch and she she turns to see what was in front of her all along it's not a gradual thing for her that's the that's the story of it that's she's been real, close enough I mean, to Nate, him you're, you're probably you're obviously you're right obviously you're right that's the story yeah, yeah. that's just a very it's almost educational for me to see how misogynistic and male dominated TV used to be like even in the time of these you know supposedly enlightened stories right is that at least with Worf and Ke- I mean like it was the opposite with Worf and Dax where you almost see Dax's attachment to Worf grow right and that not only is she pursuing him but that you see it and then he kind of falls in with her but that somehow fits into his his personality is that a woman is going to go and, and aggressively you know that's Worf. Is that he's he's shy and like kind of like a like a weirdo, and and someone needs to hit him on the head. Right, right. But Kira, that's not Kira, and even so, like with that, you're just like, why? First off, I do think that you have to like. It's not an unbreachable ravine or chasm or whatever. <laughs> right. You can cross it, but why does you have to do the work? First off, why does Kira want to? F- why does Kira want to fuck a goo a goo ape? Right. Well, I think. <laughs> Why? I mean, like, that's a, like, just from physical attractiveness standpoints, that's a thing that you kind of have to, like... Well, he can be whatever, right? I mean, well, it's yeah, not about the physical, it's... Not real. He really can't. <laughs> he can't not look like a weirdo. Like, sure, you sure. Know. Or his own sex grandma. But, you know, that's what the Luxwana show Troy found in him. You know, you could be any... You know. And I almost get that, because she's she's so into it that you're just like, okay, I assume <laughs> she's, she's a size queen. She's a size I'm sure she's got reasons. But the... She, I don't know, like, what is Kira's story in all of this? And it's just, I can't find it. I can't find it. I I mean, why is she attracted to him? I agree with you. I don't like it either. But yeah, it's just they wanted to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's like they don't even attempt to tell the story. Well, that's where I disagree. I think they attempt to do it. I don't think they... They do. They they failed because they shoehorned it into the third act of this where they say... I had that one moment of clarity. Yeah, it doesn't really work for me. Where basically, you know, my character motivation is explained explained away in in one convenient conversation. But isn't that like the isn't that a very infantile male teenage boy way to look at the way romances happen? Yes. Oh, sure. Where yes. it's like if I just keep happening, she's just gonna fucking realize. Yes. I at one point I'm like, you can't just put niceness into her until sex falls out, Odo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm trying to think, like, what is she... Because you... Okay, so you make, like, this sort of... Just from, like, a writer's perspective. Or, you know, if you're just going to... As a writer's hobby or whatever, you're going to write a fanfic on Karen. You're going to, like, what makes her tick <laughs> is that, well, she's, you know, she's really motivated. She's got a, a really strong sense of purpose. She's very mercurial, but also, like, really, really rigid. And so so she either, like, does she, is she looking for daddy? Because Odo's not really daddy. <laughs> He's more like grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I buy why she'd be interested in Odo as much as I buy why she'd be into Shakar. He sucked, too. I mean, not Shakar, but uh, Pope Bari- Robo Barai. Well, I mean, that was he, he, an actor. We didn't really have, her have a time to get over the idea that that... Like, if they had cast Stephen Weber in that role instead of whatever, like, thankless role he did, <laughs> right. you could easily say, I see why, you know, Stephen Weber's got, you know, joie de vivre or... If they cast a, you know, some good-natured, likable actor, but they cast a, you know, a... Andy Dick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John Lovitz, someone like that. Um, (laughs) Dennis Miller, John Lovitz, or Andy Dick. Either one of those would have been a a good burile. Yes, yes. (laughs) Nobody Uh, has the sexual (laughs) that John Lovitz has. (laughs) Yes, or uh, maybe uh, Rob Schneider. I don't know. But... um, (laughs) So I, she's not, if she's into daddy, he's not daddy. I mean, is she into like a, what they call a beta bucks? Is she into like, you know, like a provider who's not going to give her a lot of sass or talk back? Because I don't think that's Kira. I don't, th- I think where they land has, what, how, take it however you will. This is how I think they, like, he's my best friend. He's who I 
feel the closest to in the world. And I thought of him as a friend, but do you know what? This intimacy, because we have an intimate friendship, it has bloomed into, I think I can think of him as more than just a friend, but he is like her best friend. If I squint and hold my head right. I mean, but that's yeah. that's the angle, I think. Like, again, I, I you're don't... You're probably right. Yeah. But... <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's bad. I, um, like I said, I don't like it either, but, you know, hmm. that's where they landed, I think. <laughs> And, you know, I'm sure that's there's people that that's been their uh, trajectory of their relationship. But isn't this the Happily same? Happily and good, solid relationships that like, oh, we were friends for a long time. And then, you know what? Suddenly, a lot of times it, it should have been like we got drunk and fooled around. And then it, and then we realized that that would have been more believable to me. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we were just like kind of drunk. Like, he impregnates her. Not that he impregnates her, but their best friends are hanging out, and then they get high on space drugs, or or a space god gets them high, and then they end up fooling around. They're like, "Shit, I never thought of you like that way, but that was kind of fun." Hey, I think I could do this (laughs) if I had to try to work this into it. That's I think that's if I could do it differently. That's how I would acquiesce to getting Odo and Kira together. (laughs) Uh, Would you include a knockoff? generic crooner (laughs) (laughs) so maybe this is an indication of because i've been asking this what the fuck was going on in season six and i think maybe there's an indication of, of something going on here where it's that somebody maybe taking his eye off the ball and starting to tell let's say stories that he's always wanted to tell but that's not the show you're running. Right. The show you're running is is a show of our space friends who we've invested a lot of time in going on, a, on an operatic political mission. And that is long and complicated and issue, you know, full of issues where, you know, I was sitting here thinking like they've done these five episodes on Odo. It is essentially Odo has two modes now or three modes if you count the time that he comes in for his obligatory half scene with someone to be the... <laughs> I told you so. Right. That he does that every episode that he's that's not about him. But the episodes that are about him are either about how he's, you know, he's mostly wants to be on the bad guy's side, except for and then pining after Kira. It's his only two things that he has going on at all at this point. And it's because I feel like that Iris Stephen Bayer really bought in on something that's kind of lame that no one wants to see happen. And he just keeps going into it because it's his vision. Well, but you he could be telling the story because he's a I mean, I'm not trying to accuse him of anything. I'm sure he's a personally a very, you know, liberal progressive person or whatever, but I'm pretty sure I know he is. But he's not telling the story from like at no point has he told the story from Kira's perspective. And just how much refreshing that would be to just to have a crossfire like the way that episode worked with Odo, just have it for Kira somehow. Yeah. Her week was much more interesting. She had to go and spend her... She spent a week with with her her ex-boyfriend. And everybody thought they were fucking and all of this kind of stuff. That had to be a... I don't know. This episode almost would have been better from the other side. It was still better. Better, not good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you say, like, oh, I think it's just, like, Iris Stephen Bear forgetting, like, what the show instead of making it about the the war i guess is like what you're intimating or just anything remotely star trek about about anybody that we fucking care about well i mean just like the (laughs) carrying on the the plot line of season four for instance well let me like where where i think potentially where it went off is even riding into what berman brought to tng when he took over his whole mandate was Fuck this sci-fi uh, plot bullshit. We're telling stories about the characters now. Yeah, that's not what he's doing though. That's what they're trying to do. I'm not. I'm not trying to argue for quality or anything. I'm just trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing. And they are doing character episodes. That's all these last six or seven episodes have been are character but, episodes. We're gonna spend the time with this character and then yeah, this character. And sure. I agree that it's. I'm not arguing that they're doing anything right here. I'm just trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing, and that's possibly the angle that they were coming at. And but I'm one not, of the but and I'll agree that it's a misfire. But one of the things that I I mean I'm going to say something contrary, but it's not 
point it at you so you don't have to like uh, one of the things they're not doing is doing anything with camaraderie and so i keep going back to like kira like she seems to only have one friend like two friends i guess if odo is counting because she only talks to dax and odo now like there is a family that she gave birth to their kid there there's these things that they can do that can add this camaraderie and a life and to give these characters like a full dimensional thing and it doesn't need to take much but it, instead of making, if they wanted to, if they were fucking hellbent on trying to get Odo and Kira together, instead of getting them together organically through the mixture of our seven friends that we know and care for and love, they bring in this fucking ringer. This dumb fucking dumb idea of a character that, that has like 60% of the lines of this episode and keeps <laughs> going. Does. Yeah. And I'm not, I mean, the, the guy's fine, but it's just not what I want to fucking see. Oh, I agree. It, why, like, why couldn't it be a thing between O'Brien and, and her? Why can't he help her come to the realization? Why can't why can't it be someone I give a fuck about? Uh, I've been watching this for six years. Call Meanie doesn't want in on this shit episode. Why can't my friends talk to each other? Right. That's what I want to know. I want to show where all of the people that I've spent all of the time with interact with each other. Right. Yeah. And that's just not happened all season. Right. Arguably, and I'm not trying to explain away or like, mm -hmm. arguably, I mean, even later seasons of... TNG did the same thing where they're focusing on one character at a time. Probably. I don't like, you know, like it's, this, this is a uh, Michelle Forbes episode. This is Beverly fucks a ghost episode. And you know, this is another Riker episode. So it's possibly, <laughs> no, I get it. And I just, I wonder if, why did they do that? Why did they think that's what we wanted? Like, I'm seriously asking, like, I, I wonder. I think they're just making it and it gets away from them. They're just like, oh. We, Why do know? they think the easiest or the best way to tell this show is to tell an Odo story and an O'Brien story and a Kira story and a Dax story? Because it's hard to get, I, I don't know. I mean, that could be all production stuff for all I know. Like, just trying to wrangle actors and line producing and stuff. It, and like, oh, you're doing them every two weeks. Like, well, we're going to let them worry about that big episode for them a few later on and we're going to give this person the script so we you, it's triage we're going to focus on this one thing at a time it's harder to do focus on everything i'm not saying it's a good thing but it's harder to focus on trying to tie these huge events with everybody in instead of just like all right this is breaking it out and we're just going to focus on this one thing at a time because that's what we can do possibly i don't know no yeah i mean i think i don't i don't know i mean like it just it, it seems like such a weird way to do this. It feels like, and I, it's not a, it feels like, I don't think TNG, I mean, you're, you're right that they do do that. They just did so many Picard episodes that it, Picard was the ship. So it just seems like it was a show with a definitive lead actor where I feel like Avery Brooks has been in two episodes. In the last they dial down. They dial. He has an obligatory scene in these episodes. They, yeah. He's so dialed down. Right. Uh, for, the, for somebody who's supposed to be the captain of this station. He, he, we hardly see him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I I think that's these are like Yeoman TV writers or whatever. I, I think that's just how TV was made. That was, No, that wasn't, though. Don't bring up... Like, the original Star Trek. The original Star Trek didn't do that. They didn't have a Scotty episode and a Sulu episode. Well, that was 30 years before this. I'm talking about in the late 90s, you know. I'm trying to think NYPD of... NYPD Blue probably did it better, I'm sure, but like, just well, like... I'm trying to think of any television show that just did these isolated single character episodes. I can't think of any sit of them. Sitcoms do that all the time. Cheers. Taxi, we know that he wrote for that before. Yeah, like, just I mean I don't I mean like I, 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 know, I don't do ever like, if you sit through if you sit through a season of Cheers does it ever feel like it's been six episodes since I've seen Sam Malone in anything? But they'll be like this is the Sam. This show has always done a very poor job, no matter what kind of episode that they do, whether it be a large story arc serialized or a single standalone character driven story. They always have done a jo horrible job balancing the whole cast and figuring out a way to get everybody in together. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can count on my hand how many scenes we've had where they're all like sitting around together and it's usually at some sort of party. They had that one scene where they were having a racist conversation about immigrants. Right. And, Which I felt uh, was un that unpacked a lot of interesting stuff. I was like, you know, yeah, I we felt got like say, oh, seeing them interact. I, this yeah. is a everything you're saying. I agree that it would be better if they did that stuff. I just, I still see like late sitcoms or places where it's on one set is a different thing. But yeah, I mean, it's not like so crazy that it, it came out this way to me. Like 
I agree it would be better if it wasn't, but I... S- I guess I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know. I don't see a lot of, like, other sh- other shows that did it that way. I don't know. I just... I see this as, like, a particularly this season problem. I mean, thank God they're getting rid of the... I mean, there's not a lot of B stories, so I'm fine with that. I thought the B stories are mostly, you know, irritating things. Like, I wish that that's what it was, is that I wish that they would... First off, this is all bad, but the thing that's bad about it to me that, that I'm starting to realize is what, what's the problem with the whole season is that this silo effect where i don't know i don't know i mean it's, it's, I, it, I totally agree with you that that's a weakness of the season that they they're getting tunnel vision where they, they're doing these episodes this is this person's episode and then everybody else kind of fades to the background and it's and we're not getting a lot of camaraderie and ensemble work yeah you're right there you're, you're right uh, yeah. <laughs> i think that what we've learned though is that whenever you get away from the ensemble aspect of a Star Trek series, mm. things sort of deteriorate. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all that. What I don't see is the, I see why, how they got there. I'm not mystified that they got there. I mean, I agree that it might be a fault, but I'm not mystified by the fact of it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did like about this episode, I guess, I did like the trajectory of Odo and Quark's relationship. Basically, Odo is in his office being Bojack Horseman, where he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about, <laughs> you brought me in here to talk about girls. I don't want to talk about girls. And, you know, like, he's being a real Bojack. But I like that we started off with them just being enemies and only talking about how much they hate each other. And now, like, I like that they're friends now. And even though if they won't admit it, like, Quark's kind of looking out for Odo and then, then like, giving him the hollow dick. Jewel. Teaching uh, him the game. Yeah, right. And he's like, oh, you're having a good time in the holodeck getting your dick wet? And he's like, oh, shut up. I mean, I don't know. Like, I like their relationship the way it's gone. My my other thing is like, well, there's really no good way to do this episode because when I was preparing for to talk about tonight, I was like, well, there's no way they could have done this better. Whatever. But you know what? There, there's better ways they could have done it. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I'm that, that's all I see. But one of the things that you would do to make it better is to like okay so he's pining after her what is her i have literally no idea what she feels about him at all i don't i, I have she no has idea. a moment of clarity <laughs> right James. well yeah like i know I, like and i said he's he's her best friend I'm not even, she never says what makes her clear what makes it you know she never says what's clear right yeah mm-hmm. i agreed but well but you're saying that that's her best friend but i'm sure she's last i'm sure she first said that in the third second season or something but goodness i mean I, where that gets pointed out the most i would say would be in that shikar episode where he's like i can't talk to you anymore and she gets bummed out about it because like they can't have their mm-hmm. time well that's what yeah I so mean, she can't say that she didn't know right so she knows she's been aware of this for four three four seasons now like two yeah yeah i mean she's got to have some sort of relationship with knowing like what is her you know right. relationship well, with knowing that he wants to be with her uh, that's another scene i like with quark and bojack where quark's kind of like talking through it through ferengi kind of lens of like look dude she's known you're into her for a year you've had the option to try to make a merger with her and you haven't opened the negotiations you haven't made her an offer she's moved on dude get over it because like yeah he's he, Odo's lame and he's like look she, she's been sitting here she's known you've been into her you gotta shit or get off the pot you stayed on the shitter the whole time so just forget about it and of course I guess it turns out that he could still make it work. But. That's what I'm saying. So why why is Cork wrong there? Because I feel the same way. Right, right, right. So obviously there's an aberration. Obviously she doesn't, that didn't fit to her situation. Why? She was just waiting on him to stop being Nanook of the North. He's like an icicle. You got a personality. And then he's like, I got emotions. And Vic is, yeah. Is that what it is? I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's treating it like it's an ex- I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's not treating it like the best way. I agree, but that's. I think that's what it is. Like she's. Oh, it is what it is. She's been over Shakar. She's not been looking to date. She knows Odo's into her, but like she's not forcing it because she's not gonna force it. She's gonna wait for him, and if he's not gonna force it, she'll maybe if somebody came along, she would jump their bones. But she's not into. So it's not happened for her. She's focused on her job, and then she's so she's not concerned about pushing anything to the ahead with Odo. 
And then she has her moment of clarity at the end and says, fuck it, and goes for it. I guess I'm saying that she's not, like, in college. She's not in high school. There's no reason to wait. There's no other thing going on there. She is an independent woman with a good job and, and all of these things. She can pursue who and what she wants, how and what she wants. There's a war on. She's not the most concerned with getting hitched up, hooked up right now. Then why does she even bother? Because Vic makes it happen. (laughs) Vic tricks her into going to dinner with them, and Odo thinks she's a hologram, and Odo, for some (laughs) reason... Oh, man, that scene. He's like, oh... They're all all gross. They're all varying shades of gross to me, like in a cultural, social sense. Right. Um, (laughs) No, but that scene, their dinner scene where... He's like, oh, uh, bon appetit. It's French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that yeah. is the language of love. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> the that scene was, where it was all bad, but that was the worst, man. French is uh, the language of love. The, the scene where Odo says, I, I'm, I know the state is going well, but you're just an anime body pillow. And he <laughs> right. goes, oh, no, she isn't. Because like, they're selling it. It's like, is this supposed to be romantic? Because it's creepy as shit. And then he starts playing... I've got you under my skin. And it's like, well, it's kind of under my skin, too. (laughs) But my skin is crawling, (laughs) you know? They should have just had Sting play himself and then have him play every breath you take. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Every breath you, like, why? Yeah. That's the thing that just constantly irritates me is this idea of it's so clearly this is being made by boomers idealizing their parents' culture. Like the way that, you know, when we were in high school, there was, all the kids wanted to be in the 60s. There was all this kind of... Right, right. You know, there's like there's a thing with stoner kids or whatever is these people. There's a... Oh, there's like man. A, yeah. 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 And there's like an equivalent of that that are boomers who idealized the Brat Pack and James Bond and all this shit on this show that I don't give two fucks for. And that's obviously Iris Stephen Bayer. It's influence and pushing the stuff. But you're watching it. You're just like, this is in space. Are you telling me that the height of culture was greatest generation culture? Ugh, yeah. Don't like how that's fucking depressing. <laughs> like, it's, well, that's been a Star Trek problem. Yes. You know, they always idealize some dumb 20th century thing that we're like, oh man. Yeah. Like old gangsters. Yeah. Uh, during yeah, the original Voyager. World. It's pulp cereals and, and fast cars and well, Tom Paris, Jesus. <laughs> or bodice rippers. Isn't that her thing? Uh, right. She, no, she's, she's a babysitter. She's a Victorian uh, era. Oh babysitter. yeah. But I mean, that's sort of, it's not a bodice. It's not a bodice. It's not sex. It's more Gothic. Like, yeah. is it it's even too prudish Victorian to be? Yes. Yeah. Manners fiction, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And can we talk about like when Vic is like, "Oh, you gotta l- learn to loosen up, there, man," and <laughs> that whole fucking piano scene, it's watching fucking Renee have to pretend really cut loose on the keys. Style, baby, style, make believe. Style. Yeah, I'm not even sure what. Happened. I'm. I'm not. Even, I'm still not even sure what was going on there. Why does he know how to play piano? Oh, he doesn't. That's a whole. That's sold in the episode. It's a player piano. No. Oh. And he's like, I don't know how to. He says, I don't know how to play oh, piano. This is fucking weird. And Vic is Vic tells him, you don't have to learn. You just gotta loosen up and pretend like you're having a good time. He just shoves his shoulders from side to side, and yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what that's supposed to teach him about loosening up, but it seems like... Yeah, and he really cuts too loose, and he's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> it's like, nope, it really was not. Oof. And then everybody's looking at his hands, all the holograms. You have such artistic hands. It's like, his hands can be anything he wants, right? He's changeling, but... <laughs> they do see, yeah, they, they do say that a lot. I guess. Right, it's like, like, ding dong, the goyles are here. Come on, Odo, get your dick wet. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be like what we would say now is like trying to, you know, cancel. Like, I, I'm making game and Pua jokes, but it is it is treating him like an incel. Hey, come on, Odo, if you just washed and did your hair right and got a good haircut and... You know, figured out how to make a face that wasn't like vaguely horrifying, then you can you can get a girl. There's some truth to it where like Oda's like she doesn't like she likes Shakar, and Vic is like, look, man, your problem isn't Shakar, your problem is you, which isn't wrong. Even with a lot of these incel, you know, guys that 
some of them can use pickup shit just to like get out of their ass. But I'm not trying to argue for pickup artistry or anything. But it's like, yeah, quit sitting there feeling like a piece of shit, like you're never gonna. You know, that's the biggest problem with black pilled people. Yeah. It's trying to teach him confidence. It's trying to teach him confidence. Right. Shakar as a Chad is pretty hilarious. Yeah, Shakar <laughs> right. as a Chad. Well, you think about it, Shakar is kind of a Chad. I mean, he was. Oh no, totally. Yeah, he was the leader of. I mean, I get why she's with him. He's pretty. You know, she the actor really was a little going bit going out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do all of all of the other. There's several Joe Jackson songs, <laughs> and <laughs> it's different for girls. Yeah. Uh, no. And say what you will about that uh, Cisco scene. I mean, it's it's awful too, where he's humming to himself. But you know, you know, Avery Brooks liked the chance to just sing a little bit because he's a. That's the shame of this episode. Avery Brooks is actually a good jazz musician. Mm-hmm. He could have been, and it almost sets up later on with Cisco's like, "I'm not going to fucking hang out at Vic's because it's fucking racist." And mm-hmm. he's like, "You know what? <laughs> he's completely." Oh, that is that doesn't happen until later. I know, but I'm just saying foreshadowing that happens later. But you know what? When he says that, he's completely right because you know, fuck Vic Fontaine. Avery Brooks could be teaching him how to play the keys, and Avery Brooks is actually, you know. Well, yeah, and then, but then you you've heard the the magical black man, the magical black man. <laughs> sure. Also, I mean, that was also a cliche at the time where you know you have blacks playing in clubs they couldn't attend as guests. Right, right. That was, I mean, that's the Cotton Club. That's right, uh, right. You know, That's a yeah. lot of things. So. Yeah, I mean, Vic is kind of his. I need a hitch. I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need, yeah, I need <laughs> and I don't. They could even. I don't know. I, I'm fine with them even doing that. But why can't it? Why can't it be like? I mean, even I'm not fine with them doing that. But they're going right. to do it. They yeah, were going yeah. to put Kira and Odo together. So why bring on this? Like, why did he have this hair up his ass? These for three years they kept <laughs> trying to do it. Like they had wrote the scene into Our Man Bashir. They they'd make references like when they get um, <sighs> Hollow Kira. He's like, oh well, it was how'd you get Kira? I was like, well, luckily Julian had a program. It, it took me an hour to get rid of the Russian accent. Yeah, and it's also a callback to that first Jeffrey Combs episode. It's like it's really hard to get a likeness of Kira. Like you know that. Jeffrey Combs, when he wanted to fight Kira, had a real hard time of it, and he got one with Quark's head. Yeah. Um, a Simple Investigation, that one, oh, that's... which was a noir story, so it fit a little bit better, I guess, and it was also involving Odo fucking someone else. Right. He was written into that scene. They offered this to Robert Goulet, Tom Jones, Jerry Vale. All of them turned it down. Well. Steve, like I said, Steve Lawrence. <sighs> someone, you got to take a hint at some of this stuff. <laughs> right. They met him at a what's his what's his name again Jack something James Darren her like yeah I can't remember that first name I don't know why uh, they met him at a like a collector's convention where he was like a, <laughs> I think he was like it was they were at a, like a Gidget convention sure or something. yeah I was about to say yeah. <laughs> Gid, Gidget Con Annette Funicella Con and he had a he had a booth and they met him there and that's when they decided to, to go ahead with him so it was just it's all fuck it just has bad idea written all over it and they go at it and i i don't know it's it's a whole pay i mean this is i mean like i know we've made it but this is just a whole bag of no thanks right oh yeah like no one that's kind of my point there's like there's nothing star trek about this that i like there is nothing about story that like there's no story element this is not what i like in in, in a story right mm-hmm. and there's no strong character work so I, I mean like i said it's like a bad teen high school sitcom that's what it felt like to me like a, yeah but it's or maybe a good teen with high the school added, sitcom with i don't it, know but it's just not what i want no like in this fucking star trek story with the added benefit that i just don't like this is not the right this nagging, knowing feeling that this isn't the right way to go with these characters. I mean, I agree with you. I don't know any DS9 fan who rides for this relationship. I, I feel like I've seen a few of them on the internet. And I, yeah. I just, it, it, <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, no one likes Vic. No one likes this relationship. It is the wrong way to go. It's not built on their other, like, that's one of the things. I know I made a big stink at the beginning of the season, and I'm, I was right in doing that, that, that they went in a way with Odo's character, which is definitive. Mm-hmm. They made a definitive decision with him, yep. and then they immediately, like, like for 
half a day. And then they immediately started backtracking that shit, which you knew they would. But when you go back to Odo now, it's where we were three years ago. There's no character growth over these last three years. He's just a little puppy boy um, who, I dis- who's scared to be around. I- what about his relationship with the founders and the occupation was a part of this uh, his character in this episode. I'm not talking about the founders. I'm just saying he's a little bit different than he was three years ago. He's a little bit more playful. He's got more secure bonds of friendship with other characters. He's grown. One, yeah, I'm, yeah, look, I'm just pointing some things that he's he's different than he was three years ago. I'm not agreeing he's great or anything, but I I, mm-hmm. I do take issue that he's exactly the same as he was three years ago. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I'm glad you see it. I, I struggle, too. I mean, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that it's different. <laughs> yeah. I like Rene. I mean, I, I don't think he's like the, the, the sort of the tragedy of this is I was thinking that while watching that scene where they're on the date. And I'm like, these these actors are good. They know how to play these characters. Like, this isn't their fault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's you know, how... I just kept thinking that in that scene. It's not even poor James Darren's, Daryl or whatever's fault. Darren. They're fine. They just, I don't know. Like, it, it's just like, ooh. It's not the best. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, it's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> and is. I don't, and I don't want, and I know that it stays around for the end of the fucking show there's like a fatalism to it well i guess this is this is what this is what these are right yeah i mean that's the way like i'm i might not this like is just it. gonna have to sit around like a bag of shit on the show that <laughs> i dedicate a large chunk of my week to. that's i mean i'm just that's the way i kind of approach i'm not like the kira odo stand but they made the decision they're going with it and so i'm just trying to deal with it as it is <laughs> Don't accuse me of giving it a pass. It, it's just, it's, it is what it is, <laughs> you know. Like, and I, I can try and figure out what works around it, even while I don't like the the fact that what they're doing. What does work? What does work? Well, I mean, not to get into. I, I mean, I, I guess the uh, the last episode, maybe. I mean, it gives it gives that more stakes, but I don't know what works about it. I mean, I'm, just, I'm honestly asking. I'm not sure. Like to, I said, it might not. I'm, it, I'm asking a new question. New question? Okay. I don't know. Like, what do they get out of this? Like, I feel like that with even a character, like relationships, and we, I know we pick on this other show, this Gilmore Girls, which did a long-term relationship that finally brought them together in the penultimate season, and, and realized what everyone in any show structure realizes is that was a fucking mistake. I, see, I, I have a different, well, switch to our Gilmore Girls podcast. I disagree. The problem there was breaking them up and getting her with her. Like that last season sucked. No, that's to get because they switched showrunners. I know why they did it. No, 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 no. I wasn't gonna say that. I was saying they have to break them up because there's nowhere to go. There's nothing I, to do at this well, point. They could, and then it would su- it would suck like the Netflix series where they're just there all the time. I haven't watched that, and I haven't been able to finish the last season. But all right, Gilmore Girls podcast with time. Having them struggle together would have been more interesting than what they did in that last season so far. I think, yeah, breaking them apart was a mistake, but but getting them together in the first place was a mistake. That's the cheers lesson. I disagree, man. I was riding for uh, Luke and Lorelai, and I'm glad they got together. But that's what everybody everybody feels is they want them to get together, and then when they're together, it's like, what the fuck? This is boring. That's what what the office dealt with so so well, because Jim and Pam finally got together, after a will they won't they a bunch of will they won't they and then they dealt with it in within the confines of a you know a, a television show going through that what now sure sure mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it <laughs> like and I liked I'm just saying I I liked Luke and Laura lie together and <laughs> all right well I, I guess we'll have to be on the lookout for if what works with this relationship mm-hmm. and what doesn't for yeah. coming seasons we should we should get to the rewatch meter or anything else right. what works is just it gives the characters a change they're on a journey i don't like where it ends up but they're different people i guess that yeah and that's the, and we're talking about a couple that fans want to see together like the, i mean fans didn't want to see this either i think this is like a it was like getting a colonoscopy. You know it's coming. Yeah. You know that they're gonna do it at some point, and you just you just have to sit there like, is it now? Is it this? Is it this? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I I can get through this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And going forward, you know what? I'm still withholding judgment. 
I may I there's Vic episodes later on that I think I may like. <laughs> okay. A well, lot of people isn't there a scene between him and There's a whole episode with Nog, Nog. that Yeah, I've, people talk about that. Actually, you know, like uses Vic to better effect than he is here anyways. Some may argue good. I'm not sure. We'll I'll call it when I get to it. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. probably better than this one, right? Yeah. All right. Well, where do you guys got final thoughts before we get to the rewatch meter? Anything you want to wrap up? Uh, you called this maybe the worst episode, and I don't think so, but I think that kiss was one of the, it's probably the worst single moment <laughs> in Deep Space Nine. Oh, where she has her second moment of clarity, and she's like, oh, I think we should go to dinner because I just want to forget about it. This is a new low. I think this is a new low. And for then me. dance. Then we'll then we'll go out to dinner, and then and then we'll go to dancing. And you know what dancing leads to? What? <laughs> no, maybe you should just kiss you. And okay, just do it. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump over your dick there, but uh, and that and, and, and I got to relive it just now. I know. <laughs> I just <laughs> no, I just wanted to take you through a journey. <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. That is the worst. I think that's the worst scene in Deep Space Nine. I'll give you that. It's pretty bad. Why don't I just get it over with and kiss you right now? Well, why don't you? Yeah, but it, it wasn't... I think I was more... This is one of those things where you're right, it's the wrongest, but also I, you're like, well, I, I was at least hating this. I wasn't nothing it. You know, I'm always more... <laughs> boring is way worse than making me angry. Sure. But yes. All right. Well, where do you put this on your rewatch meter? Oh, it's a zero. Yeah. I will never watch this episode again in my life. All right, Wade. <sighs> Proof is in the pudding. You said you didn't like this, but how much? Oh, I did. I, I did not. All right. Where do you put it on your rewatch meter? I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, I'll put it. Why you're thinking? I'm gonna tell you it's a zero for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> Have I put anything at a one? I was gonna put it at a two. Okay. Cause maybe I, cause it's like picking at a scab. I might. You put resurrection as at a one, so you put this at one above resurrection, the mirror universe Baral episode. Uh, yeah, I think so because this one oh my God. has things that continue off of it, right? And I might want to re, like I said, it's like picking at a scab. It's like what, just like oh man, this is awful. Oh, oh, I can't believe I'm watching this again. Oh, oh and yeah, so two, <laughs> or just to to pick it apart. I guess. Mm -hmm. All right. What do you think the good people of IMDb think of this episode, fellas? Bet they don't like it either. I think only Ira likes it, right? That's what it seems, yes. 5.6. I could have read you all of his defensive-ass quotes about it, too. Oh, I want to hear some of them, actually. (laughs) Well, it's just like, people don't know how difficult it is. They think it's easy when you just make a comedy episode, but it's really hard. I think we nailed every scene that we went for. I don't think people realize. I mean, this is one of... I mean, people always talk about Far Beyond the Stars and Visitor, but I think this episode is just as good and just as important (laughs) as those. Yes, 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 that's what he said. So, (laughs) there you go. That's Ira Stephen Bayer's feelings about it. Yeah. What did you say you think it was? 5.6. Oh, that's pretty low, man. Yeah, I know. It's probably... I'll go... I'll camp out at 6. All right. Hit to 7.6. What? 939... <laughs> I'm throwing my book down. 900, 939 <laughs> votes, which is pretty high, actually. People like holodeck shenanigans, I guess. I guess. Mm. It reminds me... Oh, it's like, it reminds me of TNG, which I love... How many, I mean, most of the people who, like, there's been a lot of Star Trek fans over the years, but most of them are boomers, right? A lot of them are, probably. And I think probably the IMDb Raiders are probably disproportionately probably male boomers. I didn't, I didn't go to... Plankton Rolls is a boomer, we know that, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. You didn't go see what TikTok thinks about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are the kids, what are the kids saying about his way? <laughs> yeah, this is, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be done with this episode. Yeah, I, I hate this title, too, by the way. Oh, no, no, the, no, oh, yeah, in keeping with all of them. There. I did it his way. God, I hate it, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Wade, do you want to outro us on this? All right. Hey, everybody. Hey, uh, all you boomers that love this episode, <laughs> add us. Come at us. We want to hear what's so great about Vic. Uh, so give us a call at 917-408-3898 and explain the magic of Vic Fontaine (laughs) or whatever else you want to talk about. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We will get a uh, voicemail episode out 
some point we're not forgetting. So 917-408-3898. And if you want to uh, support us, go to uh, give us money. (laughs) And we'll try to give you some other stuff at patreon.com slash kickersofelves. And go to kickersofelves.com to check out all our other podcasts like the Hashish and Superiority Book Club. Discovery Home Companion pops up very rarely, but do all the stuff that every other podcast wants you to do. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you come back next week and hang out with us as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. For Wade, James, and myself, three, two, beam out. Yeah, 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 yeah